human being in sight, save an occasional soldier walking along the road. Not a bird or animal, save the rising larks and the distant string of artillery horses. In the early afternoon, there is an inspection of the newly arrived draft by the Brigadier General. After the inspection, which takes place in a field behind battalion headquarters, the Brigadier makes a short speech in which the vital importance of discipline in trench warfare is impressed upon the men, and they are exhorted to follow in the footsteps of their forebears, the heroes of the retreat from Mons, the Aisne, and the First Battle of Ypres. That evening, I learn, is to provide my first experience of the trenches. I am detailed for a working party. It is time to start on the first trip to the trenches. Nor, with the sombre winter's evening falling, is the prospect a particularly inviting one, despite a natural curiosity and the excitement born of long anticipation. There lies before us a two-mile walk, a long night's work, and for the newly joined ensign, a number of unique experiences. It is four o'clock. We parade in the road. It is said a German machine gun sprays the first crossing and set off. Soon we take to the fields. The men have spades and rifles to carry, and it is not long before we struggle knee-deep in mud and fall over strands of barbed wire and into holes. Having drawn extra tools from a shattered barn, we take to crawling. Zip! There is no mistaking the sound. The first bullet I have heard in the war whistles overhead with a peculiar, clear-cut twang. One feels interested rather than frightened for obviously the sergeant and the men take bullets as a matter of course. We are in a machine-gun zone. The sergeant says, You'd better double along. Keep down here, sir. Bright moonlight makes these three hundred yards of exposed ground as clear as day. A little farther on, an engineer officer is waiting to point out the work to be done. Two sections of trench have to be linked up by a third, which is to run over the crest of a small hill. After getting the men strung out in a long, irregular line and setting the NCOs their appointed task, I make my way along a rough breastwork which has been built up as a temporary protection. The English front-line trench is on the forehead face of the little hill. Here I find an old machine-gun emplacement in which occasionally to sit down and rest, whence may be obtained a view of the working party on one side and across to the German lines on the other. No man's land spreads in between. Many a night subsequently was I to look out over a similar scene, but never did the details of the picture impress themselves so vividly on my mind as upon that first visit to the trenches. And suddenly, out of the long silence, there came the obscure reminders, the swift stirrings of war, the faint clink of spades away down in the trench where the men are working. Sartorious masculine breathings, a muttered exclamation, an occasional curse. Sometimes a stray bullet whistles out of the darkness and goes singing on its way. Sometimes a party of soldiers, heavily burdened, tramps by, crouching low. Often, about the middle of the night, a machine gun speaks with its metallic clack-clack, or the sharp crack of a rifle comes from near at hand or somewhere afar a great gun booms sullenly. Then silence, and one listens intently. Always there is a feeling of tenseness and expectancy. 
Only the click-clack of our picks and shovels at work, and eighty yards away the answering thud-thud of the German wiring parties driving in their stakes. Then, rising and creeping to the parapet of the little fort, I peer over, my head and body partly concealed by the sandbags. The ground sloped sharply away to the confused region of moonlight and shadows. At first the eyes cannot probe this dusky space. Yet after a few minutes, you make men out, flitting here and there, fetching, carrying, digging, working like demons, bent figures silhouetted in the moonlight. They look rather like Cossacks from the famous pictures of 1812, and occasionally the non-commissioned officers can be heard cursing those grey soldiers of the fatherland. There is a partial truce between us. By night, everyone works on that part of the line. By day, everyone fights.